Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And I'm the Night Owl. You're tuned in to Wrestle Talk. 657 383 1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 325 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm the maestro of the microphone, Jeremy Carp, and we have an amazing show in store for all of you tonight. Tonight's guests are Roy the Strangler Lewis and SICW Classic Wrestling Champion, the King of Chaos, Ricky Cruz. To interact with the show live, please call 657-383-1521. And make sure to check out the Wrestle Talk podcast online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. And you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I ask that everybody please rise, remove your caps, as we pay tribute to the greatest country in the world. As the Night Owl always says, that's America, damn it. Oh, 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 say can you see and the rocket red red? Uh oh, I'll make up for it now. For oh, the land of the free. Just brings a tear to your eye, doesn't it, folks? Well, before we kick off the show, we have to mention the sponsors who are so imperative to the success of the Wrestle Talk podcast, and they are like family to us. So I'd like to kick off by saying thank you to the eSports Bar in Kansas City, Kincaid, Royal Mills Transportation, my own Interstate 70 Sports Media, The Conspiracy Farm, with UFC Hall of Famer Pat Militich and Jay Hollywood, Jeffrey Wilson, and finally, Painter's Dreams Productions. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have so much in the world of wrestling to talk about.
I so you manage proper and so. Uh, it's okay. I was just so 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 we're alone again, huh? I, I don't Break know what they're doing. The you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> the one and the only the voice of Dynamo Pro Wrestling, the voice of St. Louis Wrestling, hell, the voice of Midwest Wrestling, the one, the only, the thoroughbred of lust, Drake Lee. Oh, they know who I am. They heard my music, Jeremy. Well, we could have new listeners, Ever, Drake. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, Jeremy Carp. Well, I already said it at the beginning, so now you're kind of oh, late on that right. one. I guess so. All right, what are we doing? We are about to hit the high spot segment, and there is a lot to talk about, Drake. I don't know. I would if say you so. <laughs> I would say well, so. Are we ready to kick it off? I am definitely ready to kick it off. Okay, so, Drake, I have to ask you a question. Did you catch WWE TLC? I did. Do you want to know how I watched it? How did you watch it? I'll tell you how. Okay, picture this. It's a beautiful Sunday night at the Lee Manor, which is just phenomenal. Have you seen it? Um, I have to set up an appointment, apparently, so I haven't gotten a chance to look at it yet. At least God, not from the great. inside. They're great in the office, but it's beautiful. So I have in there, I have the, you know, the cellar with all the wines and, you know, we're doing stuff there, offices. But I have this beautiful screen room, right? And it has all the pay-per-view cover art of every major pay-per-view to ever happen. I mean, it's just beautiful. So it's a nice surround sound, nice Omnimax, you know, IMAX gimmick we got going on here at Lee Manor. So I was watching this, Jeremy, and can I just bring up the obvious and we can talk about it? Go right ahead. How in the hell can you not have goddamn blood, but a guy can pour gasoline on a son of a gun, light him on fire in the middle of the ring, and we'd all act like nothing happened? They just left him to burn, okay? No, we're worried about sponsors, but we so we can't bleed. But we'll pour a bucket of frigging gas on a guy and just light him on fire. Light him on fire. <laughs> I'm, yeah, and... I'm I'm still shocked by that because you hear the announcer screaming, don't do it, don't do it, Randy. They're not getting up or doing a damn thing about it. They're just letting it happen. I mean, and you bring up an excellent point. WWE is so anti-blood of any sort. And, yeah, like you said, Ray Yorton literally just lit the fiend right on fire in the middle of the ring. Flames are everywhere. And it was twice during the match that he got lit on fire, mind you. And – Apparently, they don't seem to bat a damn eye about it. Right. And I thought it was good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought, okay, this is this is pretty interesting, you know? Don't get me wrong. But you can't give me that lame-ass excuse that we're PG and can't show blood, but we're PG and we can douse somebody with gasoline and light them on friggin' fire. Like, it's yeah, not like he I just, think- you know, it's not like the first part, Jeremy, where he just gets burned in the back and, you know, RKO and it's done, right? That's what I thought. Okay. Then, okay, I won't, I won't say anything. They did a whole burning ritual. They really did. I mean, it's insane how that whole, that whole thing transpired 
to end the show, just seeing Randy Orton pose in front of literally a burning body. And it was just, and they were, and the next night on Raw, they were still shocked about it. Like every time they had mentioned it, you know, there was a promo segment with Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton, and they all acted like, you know, it was something they'd never seen. And, but Lord knows if he gets busted open just a little bit, they'd have to call the bell because WWE is too damn sensitive about some things. Yeah, so that's a good point. So we watched how many contract signings? Okay, Jeremy, let's just point out like one that I can think of, like one of the 85 billion between Reigns and Lesnar, okay? So Lesnar and Reigns start punching each other in the head, and they send out a friggin' police squad, okay? And I, it's taken me every bit not to, not to, you know, expel my dictionary of, you know, profanity. But they have a friggin' police squad. They send like a little battalion out there, and they end up arresting them, okay? Where the hell were the police? They just burned a son of a bitch on live television, and no one seems to care. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like, and the thing of it is, look at some of the past Inferno matches. Okay, the first one you had was The Undertaker versus Kane way back in the Attitude Era. That's one thing. Right. You had Kane doing it against MVP in about 2007, and, you know, people were freaking out then, but at the same time, it was still edgy programming at the time. Um, then you have Bray Wyatt facing Kane in a Ring of Fire match about six or seven years later, and there was no nobody getting lit on fire because WWE had become so PG at that point. It was just the fire surrounded kind of wasn't even really that much like flames, but they were surrounding the ring, and it was just a pinfall or submission type match. But now, somehow, some way, you can just light a guy on fire. And get away with it, but just the little wrong stiff punch to the head that might open someone's skull up and a little blood comes out, just no, that's too much. Like, what the hell okay. is going on over there? You, you, you can throw side by side, okay, one of the Undertaker's most brutal chair shots, okay, and he's thrown a lot of them. You know where he takes his hand away from it and swings it like a bat and it just cracks the guy in the skull, okay? Give yeah. me any one of those. And compare it to someone getting literally cremated in the middle of the ring. I want someone to tell me which is worse for a sponsor to look at. Right. Or here's one, Drake. Remember when JBL faced off against the Blue Meanie on SmackDown and Steven oh, Richards God, just came yeah. up with just, just the chair I call it the chair shot heard around the world. You want to talk about brutal chair shots? I mean, he put everything into it. And what happened? JBL just started gushing out blood. It was just Horrible to see. I mean, it was wonderful because, I mean, not going to lie, JBL was an asshole back then. Um, and um, nevertheless, you're not going to ever see that type of thing now. Like, especially right. not to that's the head. My, but, that's uh. my question, though. That's my question to you real quick. So could you put – so put a side-by-side of Meanie busting open JBL, okay, with the thing. Which one do you think a sponsor is going to go, ooh, raise my hand to that one more times than not? Is it going to be oh, the malicious? Oh, going to be the fire one. Right. Thank you. You could have had Roman Reigns and Owens just pe- – by the way, great match, right? I mean, that was freaking phenomenal. Oh, oh my just God. Say, Amazing. That was Reigns' match of his career to me. I thought that was just very good. Um, I really liked his, his ring work. I think he's really getting there with, with this new persona of his. And it's not too much different, but it's enough to where he's still tweaking things here and there. And you can tell, and it's really uh, – I just really like it. But, uh, you know, give me that. I mean, it was awesome to watch this guy get burned to death. Don't get me wrong. 
I mean, I'm an evil <laughs> son of a bitch. It was pretty exciting. But, you know, I would have been the guy on commentary going, get me my marshmallows now, and I would have been out there in the middle of the ring eating. That's true. Swear to God. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. In the grand scheme, hindsight 2020, looking back on this, if I were 20 years from now, I, I could see how a sponsor would rather have the face shot and the and the you know the gimmick, you know, to the you know where he gets hit in the face and then you know over over the cremation angle. Unless they want to try to make people morticians, you know, I don't know. And yet at the same time, when you people you know watching that last night, you know, especially the little kids and everything, uh, watching it, seeing Bray Wyatt get lit on fire. I mean, just wait till they're older and then show them. Uh, death match from Japan back in the mid-90s or something where there's C4 laced on the uh, – tied to the ring ropes and everything. That is definitely an adventure to see. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Well, here, here, let me get off my high horse about, you know, them burning somebody to death. What else do we got? Because there's a lot. Okay. Well, here's another one. This one, and it kind of ties into what's going on with – WWE, but this time it's not so much what happened last night on t- or a couple nights ago on TLC. It's actually about what's going on with their supposed flagship show, Monday Night Raw. Now, you know as well as I do, Drake, the ratings for what – I mean, say what you want about COVID and everything. The ratings for Raw this year have been atrocious, the lowest they've ever been. Am I correct? Yeah, um, and I think that's fair, and I want to add a point onto that before you keep going. And, and this is yeah, us working in tandem. This is us working in tandem. See, guys, we can actually get along, but professionally. But look at this. So we have everyone secluded in their homes, right, for like six months at least. So, I mean, I'm not saying it was longer than that, but I'm saying people actually were in their homes probably about six months out of this year. Could you say that, give or take, on average? Yeah. Okay. So. Definitely. In return, at least, right? So in return, you're thinking this could be a good opportunity, even though there's no live crowd, make an engaging product, you know? I mean, I love what NWA was doing. They were doing it on phone. I mean, it was a lot of social media influence, you know, with how they streamed and they went from their phones and they did Twitter and they did all this stuff. But there's a lot more WWE could have done on top of that to kind of, you know, bring this all together where, you know, they were putting out different types of content just for, you know, what they tried to do with Snapchat was interesting, but actually make it intriguing to where people can engage with it online and they can actually get tied into it. Like if they would have done this um, Bray Wyatt thing and even the Roman Reigns thing at the same time when this COVID started, and I know you couldn't with Reigns because of his, his stuff, but even with White, you burn him on fire, right? Imagine and it's, they could you go, well, you jump the gun. Well, what are you jumping the gun for? There's no one in the damn crowd, so it's time to work with what you have. It's time to use all that technology you brag about, right, and tie it all in. And so I think they missed out on a really good opportunity this year, and I think this is one for them they really need to look at as a, a build year because they sat there, Jeremy, didn't do anything. They kept their same programming, and they started tweaking things at the end, like with the visual effects. At first, I hated the cinematic matches besides The Undertaker's um, I just I wasn't a fan of how they presented their product with with no fans. Even the Thunderdome I don't like. I think they could have made it more you know engaging. And now, you know here we are. So you know I think this is a lot for them to look back on and go, we could have done some things differently. But how can we you know let's use some of those things we could have done differently for next year because it's time to really start building. 
Did I leave you speechless? Jeremy. Oh, my goodness. Did I scare Jeremy away? Thanks, here, Jeremy. This is what I'm talking about. Okay, folks, I come on. I do everything I can out of the kindness of my heart, okay? And this is what I get. They leave me. They leave me, okay? I mean, I sat here. I had a meeting. I left with a lot of politicians, and I leave to do – this is what I'm talking about. This is what they do to Drake Lee. We were going to talk about all the great people we are having on the show later tonight too, finishing our high spot stuff. But you know what? I'm going to keep going because I was on a good rant, okay? So if you look at it, folks, this is a year, even though I'm going to get called this – Oh, well, you like it. He's an AEW sympathizer, blah. And nah, it's not about that. It's about they had an opportunity and they blew it, okay? So AEW, they have people doing entire series or series. I think Luke wrote that one down for me. That's a bad note. They have a bunch of series, okay, on different platforms, whether it's, you know, YouTube with different uh, wrestling personalities, if you will. And then they have a lot of different things going on where people are engaged, right? It's not just an AEW brand that's showing, showcasing their product. It's a bunch of different brands doing it. It's what the WWE used to do, and they're starting to try to get back into that, and it only happens around the big fours, Mania. I guess you can uh, throw money in the bank in there a little bit now. Survivor Series, eh, kind of falling off to me and how they're treating it in SummerSlam. And they, so they do these tours, of you know press tours in these short distances, and they don't have anyone to – any any part of that the year they don't have anything else they do it for four weeks at a at a fifty two you can't do it not with a billion dollar company I'm not telling anyone how to run it I'm not saying my ideas are perfect I mean I make a lot of money so I mean I know what I'm talking about but hello I made it back Drake Look I didn't want to interrupt finally though. showed the hell up see you, I be nice oh, I come on. Well, we have the fancy technology at the uh, Drake Lee Manor, okay? You know, well, I'm working my, on it. Can I finish? Since I, you know, I was already That's going. what I wanted you to do. All right, thank you. So we have AEW, who has a bunch of different distribution platforms, and it's not just their brand. It's, you know, hell, even throw Jim Cornette in there. Even though he's trashing him, guess what? The people that listen to that, they're still going to turn on the TV and watch Wednesday because it's just how it goes. It's, it's a, this is a this is a situation of it's not bad publicity because it's just driving people to that channel. We're seeing that in the demographic. But here's the thing: you have Dustin starting his own wrestling school. You have the Nightmare Factory. You have all these things developing. And by the way, Jeremy, know some you know know a couple people that are going to Dustin's school. But there's a lot of future in that. Awesome. And we're getting to a point where you're. <laughs> You're WWE, and you've had the same thing for six years, or hell, ten years now with NXT. How long's NXT been there? Nine. So yeah, NXT's been there. Have, the season one was like 2010-ish. So yeah, basically yeah, nine, ten, ten years. It's getting stale. It's getting so stale because everything is starting to become just so constant. When, when have in the last four years, Jeremy? When have you really been excited for for some NXT things going on? And someone's going to get called up because right when they do, look at the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago. We had Adam Cole there. Half of NXT basically, or you know maybe a quarter of the big names, and then nothing. So yeah, I get where they go. Well, it gave them a it gave them a you know us a taste of them. Well, that's great, but guess what? Now it's going to be like the CM Punk thing at the end. Well, people just stop giving a shit because they're tired of waiting. 
Right. And, you know, it reminds me, and I'm glad you brought up the whole thing about the Royal Rumble last year, but here's another example I have. So take into account kind of last year, I believe, if not two years ago, there was just a period where they were going to bring up, WWE was going to call up to the main roster, just an entire bunch of wrestlers from NXT. They were going to call up EC3. They were going to call up Lars Sullivan, Lacey Evans, and so many more, so on and so forth. And what ends up happening? I mean, there was a lot of issues with Lars Sullivan um, behind backstage. And then you have, you know, Lacey Evans, who really doesn't, you know, get far up the ladder. And then you have uh, EC3, who's not even with the company anymore. And this is a recurring problem that... Let me add something. Let me add something. EC3 pinned Dean Ambrose clean. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. Like, they were feuding for a while. He pinned him clean, and then everything about that just ended. And then what did we see, Drake? We saw EC3 running around with our truth trying to capture the 24-7 title. People completely oh, forgetting the fact he tw- he pinned, yeah, he pinned Dean Ambrose, who's now, you know, John Moxley in AEW and one of the top stars in that company. In the world. And in the world, yeah. People wouldn't even realize it, that it happened, because WWE gives up too damn fast when you're on the main roster. It's almost like, you know, it's just like a curse that, you know, you go to the main roster. It's kind of like uh, the NFL Madden games. You know, there's that curse where if you get on the cover after coming off a great season, you're going to struggle the next season. Well, you do a great job in NXT, no matter how many years you're there, you get up there to the main roster, and... You know, you might have a good few weeks of momentum. Remember Sanity? What happened with them? Like, <laughs> well, what about Cross the, you went, know, the, remember, the zombie guys? Ascension. They were they were right. hotter than a pistol when they came up, and all of a sudden they're you know they're they're losing in four minutes. Yeah, and like you see, I remember when Nikki Cross made her debut, and she you know she came up there with Sanity, and she ran in, challenged uh, Becky Lynch. You know, when she when Becky Lynch was at, like, the peak of her popularity. And, yeah, Nikki Cross lost the match, but she had the crowd behind her the whole time. But that was right. the last time you and, ever saw her with Sanity on the main roster. And I feel like I think that was the last time you saw Sanity together on the main roster in general. Like, it just – it doesn't end well for these NXT stars. And that's no, a big problem. Th- you're right. And real quick before, because I know you're you got a busy a busy schedule tonight. I I want to ask you this. Well, I want to ask you. I want to tell you something because I want to know your thoughts. Seriously, I really do. So, I was asked a year ago if I was Tony Khan or if I was Vince McMahon before Tony Khan, what would I do? I chose Vince McMahon before Khan, right? So what I would have yeah. done, and I said this a year ago, is what AEW is doing now with. TNA, or I'm not calling him Impact. I'm sorry. I've always known him as TNA. That's just the way it goes. I have okay. to. I agree. Okay. So you have TNA. I said you need to do something with TNA. Maybe not buy him, but do something where it's not – they aren't seeing just the brand of WWE with a product. So they aren't going, well, we're going to turn on the channel and get great con- or great, great quality out of our, co- you know, our footage, but we aren't really getting what the fans want. You get that different – you get a different edge, right? You get a different niche. You get a different – cult if you will and then you have like we talked about earlier the personalities the jim Cornettes, the disco infernos all this stuff they needed to do and and actually do it right i mean 
because what they're doing is they're finding content providers with not a very diehard fan base, if, if that makes sense. So not a reactive fan base where they don't, you know, it, a lot of times in WWE stuff, Jeremy, you see it. How many times do they put something up and like three-fourths of whoever reacts to it just shits on it? I mean, just oh take a big, steaming, <laughs> so Miralax-infused dump right over what they did. Yeah. I mean, it happens quite often. Even with Legends Night coming up, like WWE just started promoting this thing called Legends Night where you're going to have Hogan, Flair, Tori Wilson. Um, you're even going to have Carlito. But guess what? People all of a sudden just start shooting on it because they know that it's going to be limited to just backstage segments and no real progression of anything of the sorts. Right. Absolutely. And, well, you know what, you're, yeah. you're right. So, I mean, I, I'm taking up a lot of your time. I mean, even though you, you abandoned the show, and thank God I was here. That's all I'm saying. But I'm you glad know, you're here, definitely. <laughs> but it's okay. So what? What? here's what we're going to do, because I know that we got – a very, very respected man on the line right now. I'm a huge fan of. And I think it's best we get to him. And how about we pick our conversation up after your interview? Because I want to put you to the test, Jeremy. I want to put you to the test. I'm going to, I'm going to be on the line. But I want the ma- the maestro, or what do you call yourself, the maestro, maestro? I can't say that word, Jeremy. I'm not making fun of you. I literally maestro. cannot say that word. Maestro. <laughs> no, you're good. It's maestro. Okay. So at least I'm honest, right? I'm an asshole, but yeah. I'm honest. So. We have we got to see how you're going to do, right? I, I think we, we're going to put you to the test. And I think every one of our fans that are listening and all of the listeners need to need to grade you tonight. I'm ready. All right, Jeremy. Well, I'm going to let you take it away, and I will see you in a few. Don't I'm telling you, I'm listening. I know you're listening, Drake. I got and I appreciate you being on to do the high spots with no, me. No, you don't. To- don't you lie to me. Don't you lie I to all do. these people. That's the difference between me and you. I'm honest. You're telling these people that you actually like having me on. That's a lie. I've read the group messages. You put the little emojis. Then that would be a lie because he you can't stand em- you one bit. Okay, okay. Well, okay. All right, all right. Fair enough. Have, uh, good luck, Jeremy. See, Thank you, luck. Drake. I appreciate it. The third bread of lust, Drake Lee, ladies and gentlemen. Now that he's done with the high spots with me, I really do appreciate him, but we do have a special guest on the line, as he said. Ladies and gentlemen, our first guest tonight is an enigma in every sense of the word. Now, not much is known about him, but he seems to know a lot about everything and everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast, Roy the Strangler Lewis. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you very much for being on the show tonight. It's it's a it's it's a benevolent feeling this Christmas season, so why not? Well, you know, this is the interesting thing about you. What I love having you on the show for is because 
there isn't much that we know about you, especially not in the Wrestle Talk podcast family. So we're going to try to unveil some more about you, if that is okay. Please. Okay, so I have to ask. You've competed in so many different wrestling promotions, and I'll just name uh, just a few. You've wrestled in Dynamo Pro, Glory Pro, Pinfall Wrestling Alliance, World League Wrestling, and Pro Wrestling Championship Series. But I have to ask you, where did you get your start? Well, I was trained by Harley Race. May you rest in peace. Harley uh, brought me into this business. Um, he was an interesting person. Uh, the reason why I went to him was much different than most people. Most people tend to go to them for the proverbial rub. They know him for fandom. They, they, they want to be prestigious. Me, I realized who he was. He knew things no different than Sanskrit to Latin. He knew old school ways to hurt people. That's why my relationship was always different with him. And he taught me quite a few different ways to hurt people. I know you take great pleasure in that because, I mean, you and I both know, because I did have the great honor of meeting Harley Race, may he rest in peace, multiple times, that he was a fair yet very tough man, and he always would put the wrestlers through the grinders. Absolutely. He was the standard. In this day and era, there's a different way to do things, but Harley still believed in the old way. And if you went to him, you went through the old way. It's why anyone that went through him, graduated through his academy, you can guarantee they were steel. Yeah, and from what the little we've heard about you, of course, you've done quite well. And it's because of the amazing training that Harley Race bestowed upon you. I Harley helped help me with a road. That we'll talk about as we continue, please. Absolutely. Now, I've been told by those who do know what little they do know about you that you believe that if you listen to your opponent long enough, they will give away their weaknesses. Kind of take me through that psyche because people don't realize that, yeah, wrestling is physical, but it's also very mental. Well, I'm big on using more than just what's in front of you. I believe very much in philosophy. I believe very much in strategy. After all, wrestling may be viewed as entertainment, but make no mistake about it. It is combat. It is competition. Why would you ever go in there ignorantly? What you're simply stating is the art of war, Sun Tzu, which I very much believe. Any person, if watched, if viewed, if listened to long enough, You'll be able to understand them, and more importantly, understand how to defeat them. Absolutely. I think one of the most well-known wrestlers in the world when it comes to psychology in the ring is the legendary Jake the Snake Roberts. Did you ever draw any inspiration from him on how to psychologically examine your opponent? I view wrestling different than everyone else. Um, people tend to automatically go through a process. 
You ever hear the saying, you do things without knowing them? You just do them because? Yes, actually. It's quite, it's quite an interesting feel, uh, philosophy. Well, it's no different than wrestling. People do things because they perceive them to be correct. They, they do them because they've watched others do them. They look for that formula to success. But each road is different. Well, I view wrestling no different than martial arts because it is a martial arts. No different, practical, very effective. It was meant for a smaller opponent to take the larger man. With that said, my journey has took me to meet many people, many legends, Jake the Snake Roberts being one of those. Um, so, yes, I very much view him as an inspiration and a mentor. Um, it's one of my benefits of my journey in wrestling is understanding you must learn. You must learn that freaking there is a game within a game, rules beyond rules, a world within a world. It's one of the interesting things, and you can't be told it. No, you, you must see it. You must experience it. It's Wonderland. The sacrifice is you can never go back, but the benefits far exceed the sacrifice, I do feel. You had mentioned that wrestling to you is like martial arts. Did you ever delve into the world of martial arts, or have you stuck with the world of professional wrestling? Well, that's a beautiful thing. Um, you're taught from the very beginning, learn your business. If you devote your entire life to it, why wouldn't you? Well, if you study wrestling, you realize quite quickly it's the combination of many styles. I mean, every move that we see today, we take for granted, but they have a story. One man perfected that maneuver, made it his finish. Each move comes from a martial arts. By the fact that a tie-up is actually – collar and elbow is actually of martial arts style, a wrestling style from the 1800s. Do you realize just how far and deep this goes back? I mean if you study Lucha Libre, you'll see elements of judo, of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, of amateur wrestling, of catch, no different than any other style. So to truly master wrestling, you must learn all Styles. And I think, honestly, one thing that's benefited you so well is the fact that you have been through so many different promotions. Yeah, learning from Harley Race was an amazing start for you, but you've been all around the area. And I guess we could a I should ask, what promotion really stood out to you on your long and significant journey in the world of professional wrestling. Well, when talking about this area, I've had the benefit of training at every dojo. I've actually had the benefit of wrestling for every promotion with exception of South Broadway. I have been able to experience every person around here. And I believe for me, it goes back to when I was a fan um, I always had an affinity to St. Louis Anarchy. Um, the person that inspired me to become a wrestler, um, ACH, that's where I met him so long ago. Um, yeah, uh, so St. Louis Anarchy would have a special affinity to me. 
But in all honesty, at this point, I don't care. What I simply mean by that is most people, wrestlers, they have dream opponents. They they have places they aspire to be. But I very much feel I'm an independent contractor. I'm a lone gunsman. I'm a fighter. Ultimately, if you pay me the price, I don't care. So, yeah. Wonderful. Well, we have another gentleman on the line that would love to ask you a couple questions. And if it's okay with you, may I bring him on? Please. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to bring to the Wrestle Talk podcast the OG of the WTP, Nightmare Jones. Hey, what's going on? Uh, how you doing, man? It's, it's good to uh, uh, be on the uh, show again. Uh, how are you doing tonight, uh, Mr. Lewis? I'm well, sir. That's good. That's good. So um, one of the things I wanted to ask you is about your time in Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Uh Whenever I was able to go up to the Kansas City, City uh, 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 Missouri area, I got to see Dynamo Pro Wrestling. What was your experiences in Dynamo Pro? Dynamo Pro, I have a special place in my heart for. It helped me with my creative endeavors. Um, before that point, I was more instructed what to do. I was allowed a Dynamo Pro for the first time to stretch out and be me. Um, I'm a big historian. I've watched mm-hmm. wrestling and studied it throughout all you could imagine. One of my affinities is to Gateway Championship Wrestling. A very little-known fact is that in the Limp Brewery, where Dynamo Pro Wrestling trains at, is that very same ring. I'm big on history. One of my favorite things at WLW is they have a ring technically where Harley body slammed Andre the Giant. I made sure to wrestle in that ring. Dynamo Pro will always be a special place because of the fact it allows me to be me. Yeah, yeah, I love Dynamo Pro. Um, In your time in Dynamo Pro... Did you ever come across uh, the the uh, great Ricky Cruz? And and if so, what was your experiences with Ricky Cruz? I had the fortune to be able to train with Ricky Cruz about a year back at the Bob Orton Academy. Um, the man is a genius, and he is a great person to study under. And I was very fortunate with my time under him. He can teach you elements of wrestling no one else can because of his background. And it's truly one of the rules to learn from everyone you can, especially people that know truly different things. Ricky Cruz is somebody that should be listened to. Absolutely. I I could not agree more. Um one of the things that I read is that you is that uh 
you have become extremely proficient in using your mystery as a essential weapon inside the professional wrestling ring. What made you decide to use the style of mystery to confuse your opponent? Well, just think about it. At a moment's notice, a wrestler will tell you everything about them. They need you to like them. I mean, they have to sell you their T-shirt after all. They, they, unfortunately, in my opinion, my competitors don't resemble the regal competitors they once should. They more feel – what's the word I'm looking for? Insecure. <laughs> because of that, because of that, unfortunately, they give off every single bit of themselves. They allow mm-hmm. themselves to be probed. They, they're, they're easy, if you think about it, to pick off. So to answer okay. your question, I use mystery because why wouldn't you? In all honesty, sir, why wouldn't you use every advantage to your benefit? That's true. That's true. He's definitely not wrong. Uh, I, I, I can agree with that. How about you, Jeremy? I absolutely agree. It kind of reminds me of the phrase, expect the unexpected. Exactly. Exactly. Expect the unexpected. Whenever you're in the ring with Roy the Strangler Lewis, always expect the unexpected. There you go. Well, be honest with yourself. It's unfortunately a lost art with wrestling. It's a small detail. I mean, let me give you an example. Most people, when you watch them do something as simple as falling to the ground and doing a headbutt, you think, oh, wow, that's cool. But you don't consider the fact of the neck trauma, the jerk that it happens when that neck mm-hmm. hits. No one really considers that. No different than freaking if you work a fingertip. Somebody, you see all these people working people's fingers, but then you see no payoff. But be honest, if you would work a person's hand, wouldn't it be for purely the ability when the time came to be able to count, counter some kind of hold, maybe a German suplex, maybe a fisherman? Why doesn't people simply take a second and simply treat this for the same respect it deserves? Unfortunately, the name of the game is to do the coolest thing possible to get attention, but this is why I love wrestling so much right now. Because things are changing. Things are not going to be like they were. No. Things, they have to change. And unfortunately, those people stuck in their ways, well, well, I'm sure you know what happens to dinosaurs. <laughs> That's true. That, that, that is true. I've got one more. Uh, question, and then I'm going to throw it back to Jeremy because I know he has a bunch more uh, questions. You, you, you have the nickname the Strangler. How did you come <laughs> up with that nickname? Uh, unfortunately, maybe fortunately, I don't know. I didn't come up with that nickname. <laughs> it was it was handed to me from my early days. Unfortunately, I wasn't much of a fighter when I first started. But I was put into the thick of things, people twice my size, 
people that mastered the craft compared to me, well, when you're when you don't know what to do, your instincts take over. And the thing, this thing, my instinct was to put a person unconscious, to take away their breath. The reason why they call me the strangler is because I'll take your breath away. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Jeremy, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that you have? All right, Nightmare, thank you so much for for joining us. I'm glad you're able to be on this evening with me. It was great having Drake on as well earlier. So, Roy, I gotta ask, you're always looking for an ear to listen to you, is that correct? Always. Well, here's my question. You said that that wrestling as you knew it and how you've worked it is becoming lost art. So, is that just because people don't listen, or is it just the new way things are? Well, it's the human condition, to be honest. You'd like to say it's a generational problem, but it really isn't. I mean, when it comes to being diligent, to doing your homework, to becoming an absolute facet of your industry, most wouldn't bother. I mean, distractions, convenience. You can name the ailment, but it's just a symptom of the disease. I have sacrificed so much with understanding of longevity because that's what wrestling is. No different than Thomas Edison taking 10,000 times to develop the light bulb. Wrestling is a trial by error process. So, no different, I study. I learn. I learn from the best, but I make sure to devote all my time to just that. That's what the difference is. Wrestling is a lost art, and it's an art I plan to show to the world. And it's fascinating because there are those members of the society we live in today that will listen, that will have an open mind. How often are you able to communicate with those people? When I was a child, people, they used to look up to Superman. You know Superman. He was the very epitome of a Boy Scout. Well, as I grew older, as a teenager, it changed, and suddenly people, they loved Batman, the anti-hero, the guy that didn't have to follow the rules, but still had good intent, keep in mind. But look around now. They don't worship Batman, do they? No, 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 no. Look at the people. They love their Joker, don't they? They just want to watch things burn, don't they? They're looking for an alternative, somebody that thinks things different. It's why so many years ago I would be alienated, but the thing that alienated me back then, well, there are the things that separate me now. So, yes, all I have to do is be given a platform, and someone will listen. Raven said it best. 90% of you won't like me. You won't understand me. You consider this the ramblings of a madman. 
But 10%, 10% will understand everything I say. 2020, that's no longer 10%. I'd say that's more like 40 You know, it is very interesting that you bring that up because when you use the analogies of Superman and Batman, you think of what the world is today, and the straightforward superheroes, like you said, Superman was basically a Boy Scout, you know, the all-around good guy, nothing wrong with him, and you look at where we're at today, we're just a couple weeks away from 2021, but... Just look at how the world's been the past few years, and it's always been about the psychological aspects, the tragic heroes, the guys that have more of a mysterious, mentally crazy backstory to them. And it enthralls people. It really gets them at the edge of their seat, something that they can't do when it's just a goody two-shoes. And I think that's why having you on this show is just one of many great pleasures because you are able to use this show as the platform to have people to listen to you. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Good sir, you have to understand reality is perception. The truth, while factual, is also opinionated. What may be true to me may not necessarily be true to you, but – What is perceived to be is reality. Therefore, whoever controls perception, well, isn't he the master of reality? You know, it is true. It kind of blurs the lines, if you will. I mean, some of my favorite wrestlers I've seen in, you know, probably my 15 years of fandom, I've learned what kind of characters I've grown to appreciate more. You know, your Undertakers, your Canes, your Mankinds, the ones that have more of that tormented story to them. And then you got your, and then you look, and like you said, you brought up how it's perception versus reality, how everybody's mindset is different. I think that's why you have some of the best-known wrestlers such in the world today, you know, like your John Cena's, your Roman Reigns, even ones in... AEW like John Moxley, it's their polarized reception because everybody has their own deception of the characters and how they react to them. That's what I think is most unique about those type of wrestlers. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. In this day and age, you have to have an alternative. You have to have a difference. If you have too much of one thing, isn't that no different than candy? Wouldn't you get sick of it? Wouldn't ultimately, if eaten enough, wouldn't it harm you? Well, it would. After all, everyone needs substance. <laughs> That's what I like to think I'm providing people now. Substance. And you provide the substance by, in my, if I get this correct, hopefully, by going to all these different promotions in the area, by in not even just one city or two cities, but around the, an entire region. You know, you can't stay in one spot and expect everyone to know who you are. 
especially if it's on a local scene. Expansion is the way to go when it comes to trying to get the word out. It's kind of like what I do, you know, with my media group, what a lot of people do with their jobs. If you want to expand and you want to get your word out, you can't stay at one spot. Well, it's just all the difference between how passionate you are about something when you really think about it. No different than a samurai who travels from one challenge to the next. No different than a cowboy who goes from one town to the next. Ultimately, we're looking for something. I just happen to be looking for something most don't. People avoid conflict. They avoid challenges. They avoid the fight. But my very being, the very definition of who I am, it's just that, the fight itself. So, of course, wouldn't I go to where it all is? Well, then here's my uh, counter question for that. I mean, it makes perfect sense, but if you are the fight and people look to avoid the fight, how do you spread the word of who you are and the messages you're trying to convey? Ah, well, there, there is the intriguing thing. You see, it's a trial and error process. It's not short term. Everything takes time. Anything worthwhile takes time. I would call everything before this point, let's just say, a prelude, leading up to, if you will. What happens next? Oh, no, 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 good sir. What happens next, that's the pivotal part. That's the good part, because now you find out. Next, I stand out. Next, I take what I want. Next, I find my platform. Well, let me ask you this. How long have you been a professional wrestler? I have professionally wrestled for five years now. I have been studying wrestling my entire life. My cousin, believe it or not, (laughs) he actually was a wrestler. So in all honesty, all I've ever known is wrestling. The The rest has been growth, though. The articulation, the education, the culture, the class. That, that was the trick. That's what took the time. Very intriguing. You know, people may say five years isn't too long of a career, but when you spend your whole life studying the industry, learning from it, and if you want to be honest, kind of born around it, you said your cousin is a professional wrestler as well. Well, it brings up my question on what is your ultimate goal? How long do you think your career will go until your message is finally conveyed or just take it one day at a time? People, when they do things, they don't know why they do them. I mean, when you're a child, you're just told to succeed, do good, vague, never specific. But be honest, why does somebody 
ever put themselves through the torture of wrestling? Well, that's for one of three things. Power, fame, or sadism. (laughs) I know what you think I was going to say. Me, I crave power. Think about it. Knowledge is power. But without, without the right hands, that knowledge goes to waste. Most people, they say, hey, I want to change things. I want to make things better. But it's hollow. It's symbolic. It means nothing. The difference between them and me is actuality. Follow through. So my longevity, my plan is simple. Power. Acquire much as possible. I mean, be honest. Aren't we all just puppets in this game? No different than Toy Story. You can be Buzz Lightyear. You can be Woody, but ultimately you're just being played by a a Sid or whatever that other boy's name is. I I forget. Andy. (laughs) Ah, correct. Andy. (sighs) My, My end game is to change how things work, but it's not symbolic. It's not some vague thing. It's just I don't care to allude to the details. The thing I want you to keep in mind, the thing I want you to understand, though, is unlike most people, the reason why I'm feared isn't because of some wild animal, some monster. No, the reason why I'm feared is through actuality, and the fact is (laughs) – I'm going to do what I say. Trust me. Oh, I know. I definitely do. Joe, you got anything you would like to add? I just wanted to say thank you for coming on to the podcast. You've been absolutely amazing, sir. All that we ask is that you let everybody know how they can get in touch with you, you know, your social medias and, uh, to uh, uh, promise that you will be back onto the show once again. <laughs> ah, my passion is wrestling. My passion is philosophy. More importantly, I love it when people listen. So anytime you'll have me, I'll be more than happy to come on. My social media is Roy Lewis on Facebook, Aaron Roy Lewis on both Instagram and <clears throat> Twitter. And the thing I like to keep in mind, for anyone listening, I am available. Just give me a ring, and I'll be more than happy to take care of whatever you need. I am a man of my word. I look forward to it, and Mr. Lewis, it has been my honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful night. Good evening. Wow, that was uh, that was some powerful stuff, Jonesy. Whew. That was definitely, definitely interesting. And uh, I definitely want to thank you for uh, uh, taking control of, of the interview. Uh, and uh, you've been doing amazing tonight, bro. But i got to ask you something. Did I hear you say that it was nice to hear from Drake Lee earlier? Well, you have to appease him because – 
the last thing I need is to him come back on this show all pissed off like usual. I mean, he always interrupts when I'm about to introduce him anyway. So the very least, you just get to you, – sometimes you just got to say things to make people feel better. Fucking bullshit! I mean, that's <laughs> gross. Oh well, you know, before we head to break, you know, this is a wonderful segment I love on the Wrestle Talk podcast. It definitely lets off a lot of steam, although I'm not going to lie, having a psychological conversation with the Strangler really helped. But we're going to do something a little bit known here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, ladies and gentlemen, known as the Shoot and Shout segment. Jonesy, you want to kind of tell everybody what this is about, and then I'm going to let you start us off. <laughs> the Shoot and Shout segment is our opportunity to talk about what is on our mind, what is driving us nuts, what is, is pissing us off. Uh, Tony, you know, we get a couple of seconds, and yeah. So what could be my Shoot and Shout for today? Well... You know, Nightmare Jones has had a pretty crappy day today so so far. Uh, I would have to say that probably my shoot and shout would be the low-life scums that uh, prey on people in, you know, right before Christmas and uh, basically take all of their money, you know, their car payment, their Christmas money, you know, just because, well, they, because that they can and, Whoever it was that took Nightmare Jones' money, I hope that you get what's coming to you. And yeah, yeah. So I guess I. I mean, honestly, and I'm so glad to deal with that, Jonesy. I mean, it is a terrible thing to do with the holiday season. So for my shoot and shout segment, it's something that bothers me quite well. Honestly, folks. It's just the impatience of shoppers during the holidays. I mean, you got these workers in retail busting their ass in an already terrible predicament to begin with. I remember going, and I had brought this up. I might not have brought this up, but I remember a few weeks ago I had gone to Best Buy. And, you know, at the Best Buy these days we have a lot. They have to have lines, you know, if you want to be helped by an employee whether it's because of the shortage of employees or just because it's just so jam-packed. Well, anyway, what ends up happening is this guy gets up right in the manager's face and just starts cussing him out just because nobody's been helping him after he waited 10 minutes. Okay, well, first off, 10 minutes at Best Buy during the holidays is not an eternity. Get the hell over yourself, you greedy P.O.S. It really infuriates me that people who – already are struggling just to manage their time during the day to handle people with terrible attitudes like you, and you just still attack them viciously verbally. I mean, come on. Give me a freaking break, folks. This is a holiday season. It's supposed to be joyful. It's supposed to be pleasant. Yeah, of course, material possessions, you know, I know the holidays are more about marketability these days, and I get that. But look, 
just because you can't get your hands on a PS5 or something doesn't mean you have to lash out at every employee that wears a name badge in your site. You just got to live with it. Because guess what? During the holidays, there's a lot more important things than the materials that you're out shelling your money out for. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my part of the shoot and shout segment. Now, we're, we're going to take a few minutes off, but we will be back shortly on the WrestleTalk podcast with Ricky Cruz. So be sure to stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. You will not want to miss it. To make sure that you tune in to the very best of 2020 on Tuesday, December 29th. That's right. We've taken all the best episodes of 2020, all the best interviews, all the best songs, thrown it all over the taco. See you all in one service. So hopefully, you guys still have a big appetite after a wonderful holiday season. So make sure you tune in to the best of 2020 on December 29th. I've been the Night Owl on behalf of the Wrestle Talk Podcast. you a question. 
How many times do you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, how can I be a little bit more like Drake Lee? Well, I'll tell you right now. If you listen Tuesday, December 29th, you'll hear the very best of Russell Talk Podcast 2020 breakout year. It's a year we kept building exclusive interviews, highlights from the best shows, and come on, you're going to get some exclusive content from yours truly, Drake Lee. I mean, what's better than that, right? Give us a listen this Tuesday, December 29th, as you listen to all four of us highlight the best of 2020. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestle Talk podcast. Now, as a special guest for our next interview, we would like to welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast the voice of Dynamo Pro Wrestling and longtime St. Louis professional wrestling personality, ladies and gentlemen, Big Sexy Chris Rodell. Chris, how you doing, bud? I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. Hey, Chris. Hey, what's up, Jeremy? Hey, what's up, Jeremy? How you doing? I'm doing good. I forgot we always had that special music just waiting for you for whenever you come on. <laughs> uh I, I bet you're riding high with your Cleveland Browns right now, aren't you? Oh, my gosh. 10-4 and four on the verge of their first playoff spot since I was in second grade. I am loving every second of it. I know me being big in St. Louis and everything and branching out to Kansas City, I have to cover them like crazy. But I tell you, I'm loving my Cleveland Browns right now, rocking the new gear I've got and everything. So I'm yeah. excited. Baker, Baker, Baker Mayfield actually looks like he's a – He's a he could be a true star. He started out kind of rough his first couple of years, but you know, I mean, yeah, so. I mean, when you have uh, Freddie Kitchens and Hugh Jackson as your coach, it's not going to end well. But they got the right guys around them, and this team is ready to roll. And speaking of ready to roll, you and I have a special guest lined up for us tonight, gentlemen. We oh, both dude. know very well. So ladies and gentlemen, oh, go ahead, Chris. Oh, I was just saying. Oh, oh, Dewey, who, who, who would this gentleman be? I hope it. I hope it's someone I like. It's the snitch. Oh, I think you would like him. So, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestle Talk podcast. He is one of the most accoladed wrestlers in the St. Louis area. He is the king of chaos. Ricky Cruz. Hey, Ricky, Ricky, you there? Oh, wait a minute. We just got word that Ricky is not ready just yet, and that's okay, because guess what? You and I still got plenty to talk about, and that's totally fine. Ah, So, Chris, I have to ask you a question. Yeah, what's up, man? Okay. So, what are your thoughts on something that Vince Russo, I don't know, did you hear about what Vince Russo said recently about Monday Night Raw? Lord knows what Vince Russo said about Monday Night Raw. I mean. Uh, (laughs) Well, this is going to be quite interesting. This is going to be interesting. So, all right. Earlier in the show, during the High Spot segment, Drake Lee and I were talking about, you know, and of course, Drake Lee's your best friend, 
But anyway, well, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to talk to. I'm sorry you had to talk to Drake Lee for an extended period of time. So, yeah, I, Drake I, you know what? It, Drake happens. Lee is it, amazing to the podcast. Thank you very oh much. Oh boy, there he is. Hey, no, how are you doing? The only thing that would make it better is if we had Drake Lee and the Snitch one at the same time. I'm not talking to the snitch right now. He posted an embarrassing picture of me on Twitter today. Was it shirtless? <laughs> no. Okay, well, no. all right, guys. Here, <laughs> no. Josie, no since you're wants, on as well, no I want both of you guys' opinion on this one. Okay, so, like I said, Vince Russo, who, you know, has never said a bad thing ever to anybody about anything because he is just a humane human being – he, as mentioned, he has some strong words about this past Monday Night Raw. He says Vince McMahon is not a television writer. There is no reason to watch it. None. Zero. Now, I want your guys' opinion before we bring Ricky on quickly. Just want your quick thoughts. Is he right? Is uh, Raw I, just not worth watching? I mean – it's not the most exciting three hours of TV, but it's not like horrible. I mean, it's 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 kind of like they're stuck right now. It's just like they don't they don't have any momentum going either way. Yeah, I agree, Jonesy. Um, I would have to to uh, disagree. Uh, I still watch. Monday Night Raw every single Monday night. Uh, I'm always going to be a WWE fan. Could it be better? Absolutely. But is it the worst thing ever? No, of course not. Of course not. Think of a lot of worst things I could watch besides Monday Night Raw. Just saying. Well, one of those things. One of those things is Chris Lee knows best. Never watch that show. Chris Lee knows best is one of the worst shows on TV. I I make sure to turn the channel before it automatically gives it a boost in the ratings. Well, Chris, I know there's something better for you than watching Monday Night Raw. There's a million things better for you than watching Monday Night Raw, but this one's in particular. We have a special guest, and he is finally on hold waiting, and we do not want him to wait any longer, now do we? No. 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen. Here he is. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast, the King of Chaos, Ricky Cruz. How you doing? How you doing, guys? With that music uh, of introduction, I feel like I needed to walk through a hallway or something, uh, turn the lights on in the house, or do something to make it seem like I'm going down to the ring. Thank you for the music. Oh, oh, pleasure. We kind of got so excited. We wanted to. Was he? I, I'll take the responsibility. I kind of jumped the gun. I was so excited to have you on, and found out you weren't on yet. But it's okay. You are on now, and that is all that matters. <laughs> yes. How are you doing, guys? Oh, wonderful! What's up, Ricky? What's up, Ricky? It's it's Chris. How you doing? Hey, Chris. How are you doing? 
It's good to hear your voice, man. It's been a while. I'm, yeah, I know. It's been a while. I, you know, everything kind of shut down. Shut down for a while. So, I, I hope you're stay. I hope you're staying in shape and 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 keeping keeping up the work. Well, I'm 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 training. I'm doing what I need to. I, I'm ready to go. I'm I'm ready for this to be over so we can get back to the to the shows. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, uh, last did. time that, that I saw you wrestle, Ricky, uh, you wrestled a guy named uh, Jody Jake uh, Jordan, and this is the first time I've ever gone to a Dynamo Pro Wrestling show, and somebody ended up going through the wall. <laughs> that was an absolutely yeah. amazing show. <laughs> that that's the first uh, that's the first impression right there of, of, of Dynamo. <laughs> it was your first time. Yeah, uh, we ended up breaking a wall, and uh, and the table for the merch went flying too with all the merch. Also, uh-huh. uh, it was an interesting night. It was a great night of wrestling. Such a nice it, family it, it, event. It, it was a great night, and that was actually my first ever experience with uh, eating toasted raviolis as well. And those are amazing as well. Let me tell you. There you go. <laughs> oh my goodness! So. Uh, you are claimed. You are one of the most decorated champions in the St. Louis area. How does it feel to have that that title as one of the most decorated champions in the St. Louis area? Man, um, I'm just grateful that I've had the opportunity to to work in different places and with different people. Um, uh, yes, it's amazing uh, to be able to win all those championships, but but. I only gotten there because of people giving me opportunities and I'm grateful for, for all of them that, you know, with, uh, Chris and, uh, Crystal and Jim with Dynamo, uh, Herb Simmons with SICW, uh, the late, uh, with, uh, MMWA. And then the list goes on and on. Carlos with the uh, Gali Lucha in, in Chicago, uh, John Box with, uh, IWA productions, like, all these people gave me opportunities, and I just, you know, I, I, I just take advantage of opportunities and run with the ball. So, Absolutely. Ricky, I got a question for you. I, I got a question about about the about the new the current um, new wrestlers that are coming up and up, up the pipeline. Um, how important is it for like a veteran to give back to those wrestlers to maybe help take them under their wing and show them the the ropes and how how to act professionally, if you know what I mean. Well, that's that's the way that I I feel it, it needs to be, and 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 the problem is that if it doesn't, if it's not done that way, uh, in a couple of years you'll see a complete debacle of of professional wrestling. Um, I uh, people did it with me and helped me on my way up, uh, and 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 they still do. Um, I still talk to Savio Vega every time I can, and 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 he always has a, an advice or a coaching or whatever for me. And I try to do the same with all the guys. I, as you know, I always visit the Dynamo gym and, and try to help out with the practices and whatever. And I don't even ask to be paid to teach anybody uh, when I go to the practices. I try to do my best because I love wrestling and, and I love the business and I wanted to keep it the way that it needs to be. Um, it's not necessarily that it needs to uh, stay old school style forever, but they have to be like the old school psychology and, and some rules and, and some stuff has to not change 
for wrestling to keep uh, going forever. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I could not agree more. Uh, you know, you you do definitely uh, hit it on on the 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 head. You know, you you wrestled multiple places. Uh, you know, and one of those those places is is SICW. Uh, what's it like wrestling for SICW? You know, against the uh, the the likes of uh, of the volatile Curtis Wild. Oh man, from all the talent that there's in SICW, and you have to choose volatile. Curtis <laughs> smile. That's sad. Um, uh, no, no. Um, Curtis is really good at what he does, um, uh, which is rile people up in the mic. Um, but you know, when I think of SICW, I think good guys like uh, Danny Boy or like Ron Powers or like Keith Smith or um, mm-hmm. Gary Jackson. Uh, you know, people that, that have been in wrestling for many, many years, and they're great coaches, they're great minds. Uh, you talk about the guys that are now like Attila Khan, guys like uh, Flash Flanagan, which are like real vets, you know, like people that really know what they're doing in the ring, people that know how to control a crowd, people that, that are, are really old-school-minded, not only inside the ring but in the locker room too, which is what makes me respect them even more. So um, SICW is a very uh, special place when it comes to if you if <clears throat> let me put it this way if you start wrestling with like the new kids that are starting now and you go to SICW they'll have a they'll have a clash they'll have a a, a shock because it's so different it's such a, a fraternity an old school fraternity in that locker room that it cannot be like anything of the new companies and whatnot. Uh, but it's it's um, I, like I tell people that doesn't mean that other companies are bad. It's just different. Like when you go to, uh, for example, when you go to Dynamo, Dynamo uh, runs in a faster pace. It's a different type of show. It's uh, more entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and and SICW, it's more old school wrestling. It's more a fight. It's more brawl. It's more blood. It's you know it's it's different. Yeah. I. I, I, that's a great answer, you know. Uh, uh, you know uh, perfect answer. All right, Chris, uh, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that you have? Because I know you have a bunch of questions, and then we can get Jeremy to ask a couple questions. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, going back to the current crop of new re- wrestlers, is there someone in the St. Louis area right now that you haven't had the opportunity to be in a ring with that you want to get into a ring with? Uh, soon, or maybe is there someone that you've already wrestled in the area that you want to get back in the ring with? I mean, you can answer that both ways. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I I don't know many of the new guys that I will go, uh, oh my God, i got to get in the ring with him because of the fact of, of what we talked about. The mentality is completely different, uh, but I always will love to get in the ring uh, with Attila. Uh, I will always will love to get in the ring with uh, uh, Camaro, with uh, uh, Outlaw, um, even uh, uh, even back to with Durton if he if he you know gets back in, in, in the area. Um, I don't know. I, I would love to get in the ring with whoever wants to. Like I, honestly, I, I love to get uh, to wrestle different people. Uh, the names that I just told you are just people that I enjoy facing. 
Uh, but um, but I'm always um, good for for a new uh, adventure and a new a new challenge. I think I think a good opponent would be like Adrian, like maybe an Adrian Surge. I don't think he, I don't think you two have ever wrestled together, you know. And um, I mean, and I could always watch you kick Snitch's head off again. So I mean, that's all. That, that <laughs> yeah, that's always, that's always a good time. <laughs> I would love to wrestle uh, Serge. I will. I will even. I, I know Shiroi made you run for a little bit in, in the last show that I was there. So I would love to face him too. I think it's a. It will be an interesting night if I get to wrestle any of those two. Yeah, I mean, you have so much. You have so much to give to the wrestling business because I mean, I know I've sat back in the locker room and talked to you many times about your your career and what people have and you know what you've learned and how you put together things and stuff. So that's always my, that was always my, like I said, always my favorite part of the show, sitting back, just listening and watching you, you know, interact with everybody. And, and you were always willing to answer any questions that anybody had. So even, even me, even, even this announcer guy that, you know, just announces people be, to the ring. So you'd be surprised. I mean, I do, I do what it was done with me. I had a lot of people that helped me and not only wrestlers, but like you said, I talked to you that you're an announcer but I had camera people talk to me, and the guy that the, that do the segments for TV explained to me how they do those things, and and the sound guy, the the guy in the truck, like it's uh, the TV people like are very always uh, willing to teach the the wrestlers because it makes their life easier. But at the end of the day, you you understand better the product, you understand better the show, you understand so much more of what you need to do to capture all those fans when you learn from everybody, not just from your teacher and that's it. So that's when, when people ask me, like, who was your teacher? Yes. I started with Sangre Taina, Super Crazy, Takamichinoko and whatnot, but I learned from so many other people, like from Carlos Colon, from Savio, from Dutch Mantel, from Bush, um, uh, Luke Williams, the Bushwhacker, um, all these people that prepare the shows and the, the, the everything from Herb, from Larry Matisek, from from even from Crystal talking about her point of view. Uh, anybody anybody who really loves and is passionate about wrestling can teach you something. I agree, Jeremy. You, you got anything? What you got? Yeah. So you know, Ricky, it's uh, great to hear from you. Actually, I remember it was about. We're almost in 2021, so I'll just say it. About five years ago, Dynamo Pro was doing a show out in Columbia, and I was out there uh, visiting some friends out in college, but we attended that show, and that's actually the first event where I had seen you wrestle. So, and, yeah, it was just an amazing match, and I know Chris was out there too. Um, and, yeah, it was just amazing seeing you wrestle. So it's uh, definitely great hearing from you, you again. Um, Thank you. And I want to ask you brought up Herb Simmons and Larry Matisic. I mean, I and you know, I was so honored to interview Herb a couple weeks ago with, with Drake. And what was it like learning from you know talking, just even talking with just Larry and Herb, who are basically, or in Larry's case, were may he rest in peace you know, wrestling aficionados and, you know, just a who's who of wrestling. Well, Larry was something special because Larry will call me um, literally in the middle of the day, like at one or two, 
uh, when he knows that I was off from work or whatever, and we would talk for hours. Um, he would send me emails with ideas of, of or for stuff that he would like me to see from the old days here in, in St. Louis. Um, and I appreciate it because it teach me and, and it reminded me, not, not only teach me, but it reminded me of stuff that I was taught when I started, you know, the old school feeling and, and how to address certain situations and, and so on and so forth. Right. Um, so it was an honor not only to talk about that, but about his books and about, um, he would ask me about, uh, what did I know about Brody, for example, uh, <clears throat> since Brody was a big name in Puerto Rico and wrestled a bunch of times, and he would tell me stories, and Herb would tell me a bunch of stories, or, because Herb and, and Brody were like personal friends. So he actually introduced me to to Barbara Goodish, which we we talk on Facebook now all the time, and we keep in communication. She's always uh she's always uh, liking the pictures of my son. Uh, she's very big on on every time she sees my son, she's very awesome with him. So uh, nothing but honor, man. All these people have have paid the way for you to to do what you do, right? So there's there's nothing but respect. Sometimes um, I will tell you what when me and Larry butt heads and and some ideas or what he thinks uh, a situation must uh, be done a certain way or or I will say a different way, and at the end of the day, you end up understanding why he said to do it this way or why I said to do it that way. But to have that that interaction with someone with such knowledge, it, it was un, you can't describe it. It was amazing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I totally agree with that because, you know, talking with them is definitely quite the honor. Um, I also wanted to ask, you know, you were the first and at this point – as of now, still the only Triple Crown champion in the history of Dynamo Pro Wrestling. And kind of just, like, take me through, if you will, just the mindset of when that finally was accomplished. Uh, well, it was accomplished. I won – the last one that I needed to win was the D1, and I won that on the celebration of the Cinco de Mayo. With all the Latin people at and uh, what's that street? Chris, help me out. Uh, Cherokee, Cherokee, Cherokee. Yeah, Cherokee Street, and there were so many people. It was so packed. It was insane. And to be able to wrestle with Outlaw, which is one of the guys that I love wrestling with, and and winning that belt was insane. Was amazing. To uh, winning the the three belts and, and to know after because I didn't know about it. I knew by when Jim. When I got to the locker room, Jim told me, like, you know what you did, right? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he says, like, you're the only one who has won every belt. Um, so it's such – it's it makes you humble because at a certain point when I came to the States, I had, I got injured with the tryout, and, and I was not expected to be wrestling again. And to be able to do something like that, or later on that I end up winning the three belts from the area – and I was a triple Ricky Tree Belt, like you guys called me, uh, having the MMWA, the SICW, and <clears throat> I'm sorry, and, uh, no, and the Dynamo one. It was it was a, a great experience, and it's just things that I can tell my son or my grandkids when I have them. And 
Yeah, and it, it was definitely. I loved those. I love those Cinco de Mayo shows down on Cherokee. I mean, those to me have some of the biggest turnouts of any, you know, Dynamo Pro crowd. I'm, you know, and Chris. I've seen you down there many times. You know, at the shows and in. Joe, you and the yeah, Night and Owl, you know, we met in that. That's say, that's, actually, that's where we I met. Say, those, those, the, 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 yeah, the Cinco de Mayo shows are usually one of my favorite shows of the year. I missed, like, the first three of them because of people, my friends were getting married all the time, and it was always seemed to be on Cinco de Mayo weekend. But uh, when I went to the when I went to the first one, I'm like, man, this is this is a lot of fun. And then, you know... It's a shame that we haven't been able to. We hopefully maybe next year maybe we can have it. Maybe maybe back in 2022 or something. But the, those are my favorite shows. And Ricky just that that day he killed it because he he I believe he wrestled three times that night or that that day. Yep. Yeah, I did wrestle three times, but it didn't even matter because like like there's so many, you know the the actual. Show and think of imagine the celebration, all the Latin people being there and supporting me, and I don't get that at every show. You know, there's not a lot a Latin people that go to every show. Yes, some go, but I'm talking about the amount of people on that celebration that were there to see the show. It was like it makes you know it makes my day. I could have wrestled ten times and I would have not mind. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like what I respect and admire so much about you is. You know, obviously, I've I have admiration, and respect for all professional wrestlers that put their bodies on the line every night they go out there. But you know, for you, you got such heart and passion into your art. You know, because wrestling is an art, and for you to go out there and put your heart into it while putting your body on the line, you know, that's something I have nothing but the utmost respect for. Thank you. Appreciate that. No problem. Uh, Chris or Joe, any of you guys got anything else you'd Ricky, like to ask? Ricky, I always ask. For, I like to always ask wrestlers who who is your dream opponent. Who would like? Who would be like your dream opponent? And it it could be in any continent, you know, in the WWE. Like, like right WWE now, or like or, in history of wrestling. And, uh, well, I guess either right now and in the history. Well, if you ask me in the history of wrestling, uh, uh, my dream match would have been with uh, uh, Kurt Hennig. Ooh, that's a good. I think I think he was way ahead of his time uh, when on the times of AWA and we, he started in WWE. Later on, yes, he he wrestled, but he wasn't uh, the Kurt Hennig that I admire because he was hurt. Right. And his back wasn't the same and whatnot, but, uh, and I understand that and we all go through that, but, but when he was on his A game, uh, he was the best in, in my eyes. There's no one, um, no, no one better. Yeah. Him, Michaels are, are two guys that I would have loved to work with. Now from the new guys now, Oh my God. I don't know because a lot of the new guys to me, are are very spotty and and I love storytelling. I, I I guess I would like someone like Sigler. I would love to work or Daniel Bryan or I don't know. Uh, oh, I I can tell you one. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is one that I've I've been close to, but I've never gotten to wrestle with. Yeah, I mean. 
you got you, you can't just be I mean spots are great but I mean it's all about story you, you could tell so much from a story just a story just tell a story when you're in the ring yep and and make and make everything make sense don't just you know yeah I I you just it's all got to make sense <laughs> Yes, I, I believe that's one. I believe that's one thing that you told me is like it's got to make sense. If it doesn't make sense, we're not doing it. Yep. If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't tell tickets. Joe, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm. I'm still here. Um, I guess my my final question before we go into the uh, uh, Wrestling Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge is, uh, you know, you you wrestled in the United States, but you've also wrestled in. Uh, uh, Puerto Rico, and um, you know, I've I've always heard that that it's so different wrestling in Puerto Rico and wrestling in the United States. So, what is is the difference in Puerto Rican wrestling and United States wrestling? United States wrestling is more entertaining. It's more uh, more entertainment, more PG, more for uh, a younger audience. And Puerto Rican mm-hmm. wrestling is uh, uh, more more of a fight. More of a brawl. Uh, it's it's uh, let's just say let's, it's way more adult content. <laughs> um, um, there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of uh, violence. I, I've heard of uh, stories of uh, wrestlers that were, were legit scared for their lives wrestling in like Puerto Rico because it's just <laughs> it can get crazy at, at times. I, I guess. Yeah, uh, the the people in Puerto Rico are very passionate about about wrestling and and they take it 100% seriously. It's not a joke. It's not. Some fans, when you see in the shows, they're just making jokes and and you know they don't take it seriously here sometimes. Uh, but over there, it's uh, they take it 100% seriously. And if you're a, a bad guy, you have to have eyes behind your head because <laughs> yep. it costs you. <laughs> <laughs> have you, Ricky, have you ever wrestled in Japan? Have, did you ever wrestle in Japan? I uh, was invited by uh, uh, Bison Smith uh, with Noah, but uh, but it was like very short. And uh, I've wrestled with a bunch of Japanese in Puerto Rico and the Kai and Taidoyo also too. But uh, but that was very short when when Bison things. And then after that, uh, you know, he uh, passed away and. All that and so after that, no. Okay, I just couldn't. I just couldn't remember if you ever said you wrestled in Japan. Is, yeah. Would you like to wrestle in Japan or? Um, at this point, of being you know on the on the other side of the of the coin now, uh, I don't know because, like I said, it, the style has changed so much. When I started, I would have said yes, let's go. It's a stiffer, more, you know, like. The level of respect and whatnot, the training that they go through is insane. Like no, no other wrestler here in the states. I don't care what they say, even in NXT or whatever. Nobody goes through what the wrestlers in Japan go through. Like it's, it's uh, that's bad. Absolutely, <laughs> it's difficult to 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 explain. But um, I don't know. I would I would love to say yeah because I love wrestling and whatnot. But I don't know if my body will hold up over there. With the way that it's it is over there right now. Well, 
Ricky, I got one last question, actually, if you don't mind. Um, no no you know, worries. You've, <laughs> you've wrestled in in so many different countries and so many different promotions, far and wide. I have to ask, though, you know, you know, crowd size is always a thing when it comes to, um, you know, professional wrestler and how they react with the audience. What's the largest crowd size, and what's the largest crowd size you have performed in front of? I believe I it was uh, close to 22,000 in Puerto Rico. Oh, not too shabby. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, in Mexico, I've done uh, on the teens. But the biggest one I think I've done it's in Puerto Rico, and I was and I was starting when that happened. Okay. Mm, yeah, I I don't even think I could imagine going in front of twenty two thousand people. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna well, say the, exper- I, yeah. the experience the experience is insane because you're stand it was in a stadium, right? And I'm in the in the hallway that goes to the dugouts, and and I'm like against the wall, just try to breathe it in. And the whole wall is shaking because of all the people, like, rumbling. Like, the whole building was just rumbling. And uh, it was an insane feeling. Well, speaking of insane feeling, coming up shortly, we will be having the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Now, as soon as, of course, Jonesy comes back, Ricky, you excited okay. for it? We'll do whatever you guys want. All righty. Well, Chris, you got anything else you like to add? I want you to stay on the line, though, Chris. You got to be here for this, buddy. You got to do it for me. I'll, 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 I'll listen. I'll listen. I, I love listening to Ricky talk. Ricky is probably one of my favorite people in the entire world. I mean, he's just he's smart. Um, he just he get he gets it. I mean. Chris, I told you I'm not getting you nothing for Christmas, so stop. Darn it! Dang it! I, I, I was, I was, I was hoping for one of the, for a big size Ricky Crew shirt. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, no, it, it, um, I can't think. I, I lost my train of thought now after this Christmas. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it's just you know, I, I watched you sit in the locker room and just mentor people, and like I said, I've seen you at the dojo. I've seen you help with promos. You're like. And whenever someone comes up to you, you ask questions. What What do you think is missing in the business right now? Is there something missing? That that anybody that knows anything should do exactly what you just said. Anybody that knows and that has the the, the knowledge on any aspect of wrestling should help other people. Um, I, I understand why they don't. A lot of people are like scared of losing their position, or to, you know, make other people be better than them and then losing their spot or losing their money or whatever way they want. But I was always taught that you always teach and you always um, try to help not only because it's your job to train and to maintain yourself where you on your spot. Right. It's so it's not, it's not if someone is going to take my spot, it's it's if I'm going to allow anybody to take my spot. Right. But the more people you prepare and the more people you teach, the better people you'll have to work with. 
I mean, I, and, I had a similar and, and, situation. And, you, and, and I always was told that you leave wrestling in a better way than when you came into the business. So that's all I'm trying to do. Yeah, and and I had a similar situation happen like my second show ref, doing being a referee. There was there's something that happened and the match could have stopped a little bit earlier. It was, it was believe it or not, it was with Gary Jackson because I mean Gary Jackson's been around forever. So and um and something something happened and I and the match should have probably been stopped and. After after the show, one of the another referee from that's been that was around for a while just was like, "You didn't do anything wrong, but you know, this you could have done it just a little bit differently, you know." And he took took me aside, didn't yell at me, didn't berate me. He's just like, "This just comes with experience. I know you've only had two shows, so you know it's yeah. just you know." And, and I try to do I try to, I try to do that too, even though I don't physically referee anymore. I kind of like if if I notice something with a referee, I'd be like, hey, you know, be a little more assertive. You know, just you're you're the one that's in charge in the ring. You pull them to the side. You you get in there, and if you make a call, make it definitive. Don't make it where it's fifty fifty, where the crowd is guessing. You know, <clears throat> mistakes happen in the ring. You know, if 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 someone doesn't kick out in three, you know, you know, just they can they can, all that can be fixed at at later on. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Joe, you still with us? I'm here. All right. <laughs> I know you're ready for this. And Ricky, I know you're ready too. Ladies and gentlemen, first, I'd like to thank Chris for sticking with us. And I know he's going to still be on the line as we get this fun part of the show underway. This whole show's been fun. What the hell am I talking about? Ricky, Joe, ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to this week's installment of the world famous Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Hit that music. show for years and I will never get tired of hearing that music for the game show challenge okay ladies and gentlemen welcome to this week's installment of the world famous Russell talk podcast game show challenge tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls our contestants are the reigning defending SICW classic wrestling champion the king of chaos Ricky Cruz and the OG of the WTP, Nightmare Jones. In a few moments, I will ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever either of you think you know the answer to the question, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's game show challenge. Now, in honor of tonight's guest, our WrestleTalk podcast game show challenge category is the heartland of professional wrestling. I will give information about three famous professional wrestlers who have connections to the state of Missouri. When you think you know the answer and you think you know who, you're t- who I'm talking about, you know what to do and just shout out the answer. Ricky, are you ready? All right. All right, Joe, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. 
All right. Here you we do, go. You do know I'm not from Missouri, right? <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah. But let, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. This, this is what was sent my way, so. <laughs> <laughs> all keeping right, the right. themes of the of the Dynamo Pro SICW type plug. <laughs> so, what we're going to Here we go. <laughs> this late professional wrestler hailed from Kansas City. Over the course of his 30-year in-ring career, he held the NWA World Heavyweight Championship on eight occasions. He is a member of the NWA, WCW, WWE, Stampede Wrestling, and Missouri Wrestling Hall of, or Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, and the Bluefest Wrestling Hall of Fame. Harley Race. Harley Race is correct. Okay. That is one for Ricky. Man, you thank you guys, thank you guys for letting me answer. <laughs> we got this, Junji. You still got this. I know. All righty. Question number two. This current WWE competitor also hails from Kansas City. A former member of the Indianapolis Colts and the Arizona Cardinals... He has gone on to win the 2019 Pro Wrestling Illustrated Most Hated Wrestler of the Year Award, the WWE hmm. United States Championship. It's Corbin. The 2017 – who? Corbin. That is correct. Baron Corbin is correct. Oh, man. You know what? Just for the heck of it, we're going to see if you can get the clean sweep or if Joe does have one to his name. So here we go. Question number three. This professional wrestler has hailed from St. Louis and Kansas City during his near 50-year career. He's competed in championship wrestling from Florida, the NWA, the WWF, WCW, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Bob. A 2005. What, who? Cowboy Bob. Oh, my God. Break out the brooms, folks. That is a clean sweep. Oh, my God. DJ Khaled. Yeah. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind. I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. Well, I'll be. Ricky Cruz, congratulations on the clean, clean sweep of our very own Nightmare Jones. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, mm. man. Joe, how are you feeling over there? Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be beat by anybody but Ricky Cruz, so <laughs> I can <laughs> I was going to say, I swear that one was not me. Well, Ricky, we got to say it's been an absolute honor, but we got to ask, where can people find you on social media? Well, before social media, if you want to come and see Ricky Cruz, uh, December 26th, I'm actually going to be with IWA Productions in Mount Berna, Illinois. Um uh, 
um, the first of the year, we were doing a, a special show with WOWT in Chicago, in Illinois, in Burwing, Illinois. Uh, I'm going to be there with a couple of uh, Mexican wrestlers like Psychosis and like uh, Mascara Sagrada Jr. Um, and then um, January 17th, I'm in Chicago again with Galley Wrestling. Uh, a bunch of international superstars are coming in. Um, there's wrestlers from Mexico, from Puerto Rico, from the United States, from Guatemala. It's it's an amazing Latin-style type of wrestling. So if you can't even see it live and you can't go to Chicago, uh, go to LuchaTV.com and you can watch the show from there. Um, and then on the 23rd, I am uh, doing my debut with a GWS also in Chicago. Uh, they're going to have a show right there on Berwyn, Illinois as well. Uh, other than that, Ricky Cruz STL on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. It's all the same. Ricky Cruz STL. Um, go to my page, buy the merch, support your, your favorite Puerto Rican wrestler. And uh, <laughs> that's pretty much it. That's my whole spill. That's the way to do it. Uh, all right, Ricky. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show this evening. And we look forward to having you back on in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I always appreciate when you guys invite uh, invite me. And, uh, Chris, it was good to uh, hear from you again. And hopefully all you guys have a, an amazing Christmas, uh, uh, safe safe holidays, and a happy new year for all of you. Ah, brother, thank, thank you, you very much. Time. I appreciate you. Ha- have a good night. Have, have be, safe. Be, be safe. That's all I ask. Be safe. Thank you. Yes. All good right, health bye-bye. and blessings. The King of Chaos, Ricky Cruz, ladies and gentlemen, on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Guys, that was an amazing time. Oh, boy. Drake. Do you have do you know I had a call from a different number? Did you block mine? Why would I block yours? You I was couldn't going take, earlier. You couldn't take you couldn't take Drake Lee maintaining the show after he wasn't even scheduled to be on today because you got somehow disconnected. You kicked me off and then you bring Rodell on. Is that what happened? This well, is a they nightmare. Brought, they brought someone. They brought. They brought someone in to save the show, Drake. Just saying, you know, you couldn't. Oh, okay. You couldn't handle it with your with your technology. So, anyway, anyway, Drake. Okay, that's cute. Let me. You know, let, let's talk. I did you see what IWA put up? Do you know who the hell Derek Lee is? Because I sure as hell don't. I don't, Jeremy. I, can't say I am I Drake. Do you? Let me tell you something, Jeremy. You are taking me seriously. I'm getting pretty I fed. Am. I'm getting. Fe- I'm getting fed up. I'm getting fed up. You kicked me off the show. I'm telling you. I, I think I I'm gonna start. I think, I think I'm gonna start. I think I'm gonna start calling you Derek Lee from now on. I think you and I are gonna have a discussion, Mr. Rodell. I know you're the one that's helping Renee cheat to win these trivia game show challenges too. I haven't heard from you for months, and now you're gonna sit there and you're gonna send Renee the answers every damn Tuesday I'm on, and I'm getting swept out of nowhere. I think it's you. Hey, hey, I can't. I can't help it. You don't know your. Your butt from a hole in the ground. My what? Oh uh, boy. <laughs> your butt. Your, 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 I, I was, my, I'm, I'm trying to keep it PG. Gotti. You mean my ass? Do you mean my ass? 
Well, yeah, I, I have more. I have more appreciation for people than to say to to say those vile words right now. That makes so. me that makes me more sick than just calling me an ass. I'm just t- I'm just saying. You guys don't get it. They sit there and go, "When you're the city on the hill, you have it all." Do you see what's happening to the city on the hill, Jeremy? Let me tell you something. I'm getting fed up. Trick, just just admit it. You couldn't handle it, so that's why they brought in the heavy artillery. You 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 couldn't handle co-hosting. They they're like so that's why they called me in. I was doing pretty damn good if I do say so myself. And guess what? You said you were going to listen in on that interview. I did damn good on that interview as well. You did. You I, did, Jeremy. I definitely I, I appreciate it. And you know, I, I'm I'm still amazed that you actually still said that it was great to hear Drake Lee today. That that still amazes me. It is, it is it is never great to hear from Drake Lee. Trust me, I know. I've been there. See, Joe, this is the exact uh, reason. You, this is what we tried to prevent, and we couldn't even prevent. Dang it! Uh, it was inevitable. Yes. What can I say? It was. But Drake, 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 are you still there? Drake, you hanging in there? I think Drake is gone. I think he's gone. I think you broke him. Uh, well, I was actually I was actually going to be nice and wish him a very happy holidays and <laughs> and a merry Christmas and I really was because I mean it's that time of the year we have to bring people together. It's been a, it has been a hell of a 2020. Let me tell you. So I mean it really has. And Chris, I want to really thank you for being on the show. Um, I know you and Ricky are great friends, so getting have you guys both on the show was an extreme pleasure. Um, and you're absolutely right. I wish you a very wonderful Merry Christmas. You know, safe holidays. Nothing but the and, best. And, 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 and I want to wish the whole Russell Talk family with you and Drake and Joe and Brene and. And everyone else that's associated with the show, all of the listeners, everybody, um, just a very happy holidays and Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you whatever you do, just be safe. That's all I ask. We want you to be here for 2020 because or 2021 because I believe the WrestleTalk podcast is just uh, about to take off. Oh, we're just getting started here. I know that. I mean, look, we're. We started the show, or started the year, I should say, with two hosts. Now we've doubled that to four. We've had so many great guests, a lot of which you're going to be hearing next week. And, and you and you have me who can fill in, you know, come in and and pinch hit for Drake when he when he drops his phone because he's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, and you know, having you aboard is always great. Got to give a big shout-out to Hardcore Hoss, who's the man behind the board, always working his tail off. So appreciative of him and everything he does. And, Joe, you, and you've seen so much with this, with the WrestleTalk podcast family, with the team and everything. Anything you'd like to add before we close it out? Oh, man, just that it's been an, an, an amazing journey, and it's just getting started, ladies and gentlemen. We're just getting started. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. This, this is the maestro Jeremy Karp. You have the voice of Dynamo Pro, Chris Rodell, and you have the OG of the WTP, Nightmare Jones. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. 
Be sure to tune in next week for the Best of 2020 show. Have a wonderful Boom. night, ladies and gentlemen, and Merry Christmas. Show, family. This is your boy, Nightmare Jones, and I'm letting you know that on December 29th, Tuesday, we are going to be having the Best of 2020 on the Red Talk Podcast. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are taking every single clip from the Best of 2020 on the Red Talk Podcast and put them all on one show. It's a show you're not going to want to miss. You're going to have the night out. You're going to have Nightmare Jones. You're going to have Drake Lee. You're even going to have Jeremy Cobb. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Don't be square. Be there.